ever given yourself a commitment and then we're like, but why would I do that to myself? That's what I thought this would be like, coming up with a new episode every week, recording, editing, and all that. But it's not. I really enjoy it. Apart from liking the sound of my own voice, I enjoy the process of thinking about what I'm going to talk about, which is very similar to the process and effort that goes into making my D&D characters' backstories. I left you on a cliffhanger last time, so let's jump right off that cliff and into nice story! Well, if you wanna hear some waffle all about a quaffle, there's a Quidditch talk for the elite. And if you wanna chat plenty about an app 20, we've got D&D, so just take a seat. Roll, beat, repeat. Roll, beat, repeat. Let me just give you a short summary of what I told you about my widow of Dread Nye two weeks ago. If you're binging this podcast, first of all, I'm super excited that somebody's actually doing that. Second of all, let me summarize what I told you 30 minutes ago. Previously, unroll, beat, repeat. Nye grew up in a tribe of wood elves, where she learned all about the principles of nature. Soon, however, she started growing distant from the tribe when her dreadic nature first started to manifest. Upon leaving the tribe, she learned of a legend that spoke of an elven princess who was the only one who survived the destruction of an entire kingdom. The story mentioned that the royal family bore a mark of nature, which got Nye immediately convinced that she was the long-lost child as she had a birthmark in the shape of a tree on her shoulder. Such a discovery prompted her departure from the tribe and started off her adventuring life of tireless search for her family's fate. Oh man, I still get chills from this story! And also my writing genius that came up with it. Imagine me doing a hair flip right here and patting my back, cause hell yeah, I'm proud. But back to Nye's story. Nye was lucky enough to find a party of adventurers who were as capable as she was. Which wasn't much. Back then. Back then. The back then part is super important because you will have your mind blown when I tell you how the story ended. Or not ended, there is still much more on Nye's to-do list, but let's say how her and her party's story peaked. I guess peaked would be the right word. Well, you be the judge when I actually tell you what it is. Which is not going to be this episode, but soon. Let me briefly introduce the party, briefly, because I will try and convince my friends to come on the show and explore their characters' backstory and motivations and bonds and ideals and all that. If you guys are listening, like you should, please come talk about your characters on the show, please. So let's get into it. I get to start with Nice Best Buddy, the guy that doesn't run on gold pieces and treasure, but on ball bearings. Madak Galen, the half or Granger. In his own words, the one with a heart of gold and a mother of all daddy issues. See, Madoc's father, Aelin, is a famous ranger and he is just, oh my god, he is just so amazing. He is the best. Then we get Xerxes, the below average face of a half-elven warlock with his powers granted by the celestial entity Firebearer. I promise this will also get super interesting. Another crucial part of the party's Felix, the wizard who is sometimes alarmingly obsessed with dragons and really just wants to befriend one of them. 
Then we got Gold, the Goliath, who is a big, big dude who can really fuck the enemies up, and who once got clawed by a slod, which is a toad-like creature native to the limbo, and got his ass infected. As in, literally his ass. He walked around showing everyone. And much like Gold's ass, we're all scarred for life. And joining the party during one of their missions to the spine of the world, which is just a really cold and icy and unpleasant area, is Glader, the barbarian fighter who lost his tribe to a dragon attack and has an obsession with wood and knows nothing about how people in large cities work. So those would be nice party members. Madak, Xerxes, Felix, Gold, and joining later, Glader. That was supposed to be a funny joke, you know, later, Glader... You know, get it? Anyway, it is important that you know them because as any adventurer, Nye would not be able to accomplish anything on her own. Well, not any adventure. It would not be the case of Aelin Galen. He's perfect and could single-handedly save the world if that's what needed to be done and if there was a pretty someone at the end waiting for him as a reward. Let's start telling the rest of Nye's life story with an incident that my DM would put in her top D&D moments and would not forgive me if I didn't share this one. So the party discovered an underwater temple entrance. Wanting to show off her new druid skills, Nye offered to turn into a giant octopus and grab Xerxes, Madak, Gaul, and Felix in her tentacles. Gaul, being a heavy, heavy Goliath, refused, as he could just simply sink to the bottom of the lake. I thought it would be a good idea to develop a communication system as she couldn't speak in animal form, and also, well, they would be underwater. The system was rather complex, let me tell you. It was based around tentacle tapping. Yep, you heard that one right. Tentacle tapping. One tip for yes, two tips for no, and three tips for danger. For some reason, nobody in the party thought it would be a good idea to wait until the morning to jump into the lake, so, right there, in the middle of the night, Nye skillfully jumps into the water, turns into a giant octopus, which thus see in the dark, unlike some of her companions, grabs Madoc, Felix, and Xerxes, and starts swimming, while Gol, the Goliath, casts light so that he can see, and jumps into the lake and starts sinking. Almost immediately after jumping in the water, the octopus party gets attacked by a shark. So Nye, the octopus, starts tapping, tap, 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 danger, and gets a response of two taps. Tap, tap, no, from Xerxes. And a single tap from Felix, yes. Well, what now? I guess we fight in the water, in the dark, with people in nice tentacles? As this is going on, goes back, is towards the scene. He is sinking slowly, while elevator music plays in the background. And we see a giant octopus flailing around trying to land a hit on this shark, while her companions can't really do much. Eventually, Nye decides it's time for the ink cloud, because this party is definitely not defeating this shark right now. So a cloud of ink appears and the octopus party dashes away. When they finally reunite with Gol, he is totally fine while everyone else is bleeding profusely and is covered in ink. Let me tell you, that whole mission was a mess. I don't remember the details, but I remember it being a total mess. Fast forward several sessions. The threat of Tiamat, the Dragon Queen returning, is real. 
The cult of the dragon is working tirelessly to bring her onto the material plane. There is a strange hum that is heard everywhere, which is making all the chromatic dragons stronger, while the not-evil metallic dragons are being weakened by the sound, which was found out that it was being produced by the Drakhorn. One of the main wood elf regions, the Misty Forest, is getting attacked by a green dragon. So our party, which by this point has proven that they can, in fact, slay dragons and be useful members of the society, gets sent to investigate and deal with the situation. That is despite King Melendrak, the King of Elves, believing that the increased patrols in the region have dealt with the dragon problem. Thank God for his son, Prince Alagarthus, though. Oh my god, that guy's got brains. Because Prince Alagarthus was actually the one who pushed for further investigation of the sitch and some dragon slaughter. Nye, obviously, is leading the effort as she is super upset that her own people are getting slaughtered. Oh boy. That poor, poor innocent soul didn't know what was coming her way. So the party sets off to the Misty Forest. After a bit of flying, though, we spotted a burning village, a sort of bite away, rescued the lizard folk, Xerxes became their king, and we adopted Dog, the dragonborn NPC, who was basically just being a dick. At one point later on, we thought that maybe he's not a dick, but then he proved that he, in fact, was a dick when he didn't want to date Xerxes, who is a really great guy. The message of the last few sentences may not have been clear. The NPC, called Dulk, is a dick. So yeah, Burning Village, Xerxes becomes king, we get Dalg, the dick NPC. We finally make it to the Misty Forest, where Nye almost broke down seeing the destruction the dragon has brought upon the land. That was strike one for her. We decided to investigate what was going on, because something smelled fishy. And not literally this time. No sharks fighting an octopus. But the investigation was cut short, because a bear attacked the village. Nai usually tries to talk animals out of attacking because she can do that now. She has a magical item that lets her do that thanks to my amazing DM who homebrewed the item for me. Or not for me, but for Nai. Same thing, really. So this bear attacks and Nai tries talking to it, but she can't. After a short fight, the bear goes down and Nai discovers that there are patches of green scales on the bear. Strike two, a dragon not only murdering her people, but also turning animals into monstrosities, attacking elves in a wild rage. Eventually, it turns out that the village warden is a bit of a dick. No, not like Dalg though, because the warden has some basis for his actions. The warden has been meeting with the dragon and his rider and was giving out information about other settlements and their valuables in exchange for the dragon ignoring this particular village. So the party starts tracking the dragon, determined to end these attacks once and for all. One night, during Nice watch, she hears weeping. She woke up later to guard the camp, turned into a tiger, and went to investigate because she could not handle more elven suffering. She found a destroyed village in the middle of which stood a white-haired woman in a flowy white dress. The woman turns around and screams. And, uh, well, that's all Nye can remember. Because this woman was a banshee, and her scream knocked Nye out immediately. Luckily, Glader had enough sense in him to follow Nye when she didn't come back after a while. He saw her lying on the ground unconscious. He grabbed her and bolted. Thank God for friends. But yeah, that was strike three. Nye was pretty broken at that point. She was shaking and crying, and it took all of her mental strength to pull it together so that they could continue their dragon tracking in the morning. 
eventually, we found the Dragon's Lair, and thanks to a blessing from Madrid, which we saved on the way, we can enter the cave without the Dragon's knowledge. Well, we could have done that, but that wouldn't be our party if instead we didn't decide to do something totally reckless. So we decided to slide down the cave on our shields, making quite the racket. We ended up fighting literally everything that was guarding the cave, which was pretty exhausting. And then the dragon came out of the water with its rider on its back, and whoops, where are we in a pickle? The dragon joined the fray, its rider screaming, Take them alive! And we're shitting our pants. Then the dragon sniffed the air around nigh and proclaimed, Royal elven blood, my favorite. And unleashed a cloud of poison on the party. <laughs> cliffhanger once more. I really like cliffhangers. I suppose you will have to wait two weeks to get the end of that story. The end of that story and also some more stupid shit the party did. Well, I will hear you then. 